Does everybody know what time it is? Time to read Word Up magazine. Oh, wait, do you mean that this week on Grunt Work it was all a dream? Life is getting shorter. I can't bring myself to set the scene, and even when it's approaching torture, I've got my routine. And that routine <laughs> is recording Grunt Work, the only podcast about the TV series Home Improvement that gets better with age. I'm your. Oh, ho- really? Well, I mm, uh, I don't know, but actually, get back to me in a few years. That is an unproven <laughs> is statement. That, is that like a, a a good barrel bourbon, or is it like a Paul Newman? Uh- <laughs> Uh, definitely, definitely like a bourbon, but not even a, a great, a great one. Just one that <laughs> okay, like, gotcha. if you, if you mix it up with some Coke and you let the Coke get flat and you can't taste the bourbon as much, that's the kind of age I'm talking about. Got it. Okay. <laughs> but the point is folks, I am your host, Truman, the Metamucil man caps. And with me as always is my co-host Landon, the matching tracksuits man Solano. Ooh. Now that's funny you say that. Cause I don't think you even knew me when I used to wear, um, and I didn't granted wear the top and the bottom, but I did have, uh, like I, I was really, really into Adidas tracksuit tops for a long time. <laughs> like a Serbian gangster just strutting around. <laughs> Honestly, yes. Cause I also wore Kangol hats. <laughs> So Truman, I have very many chapters to my life. <laughs> that's why that's why you're, you've constantly got a burn pit of old photographs going behind <laughs> wherever you live. You just must destroy all evidence from the past. It's true. Uh well, okay. Well, that's good. Well, sooner or later, I mean, if you ever want to do a matching tracksuits thing with me, let's just both agree like if you're doing tops, then I'll do a top that day. And if you're doing bottoms another day, you know, we just match what part of our body we have the tracksuit on. <laughs> Sounds good. Ah, but Landon, it's good to talk to you. Likewise, yes, it's been two weeks uh, now that we are on our new recording schedule, uh, <laughs> bi-weekly, every other week. I don't know what you want to call it. I I, um, I I like that this is the part of the podcast where we remind people that they didn't hear us last week. <laughs> so, hey, we're back. Uh, and better than um, usual. Be- better with age. Okay, so, <laughs> well, um, so then I guess... I guess that leaves us no excuse but to talk about Yeah, let's not let's not waste time. Let's do what we are uh mandated from the gods to do. Yes. Well, as as the Lord decreed, folks, this week we watched an episode of the TV series Home Improvement and Landon, would you tell that me we did. what happened? What did we see? Give me a synopsis, why don't you? That I will. Here we go. <clears throat> ahem, ahem. Oh, hmm. like three three different people cleared their throats in the room. They got a choir <laughs> is going to do this for us. <laughs> Jill finds herself frantic at trying to juggle school and her home life when one petty dispute after another delays her from her schoolwork. Mm. The boys can't seem to mediate their own arguments, and Tim's rigid routines force her to be flexible. But no more! After speaking with Dolores and Marge, Jill has a nightmare of her hellish dystopian future where Tim has derailed all of her hopes and dreams, and this forces Jill to say something. However... Tim doth protesteth too much and has dreams of his own about how his routines will shape him into a superhuman in his twilight years. Yes, the years in which he uh, grows fangs and starts to glisten a whole lot. Well, he probably does envision himself glistening. In fact, <laughs> I dare say had this show been made a couple years later, they would have done a twilight, an episode to cap, you know, capture the twilight fandom and have Tim <laughs> or Al glisten at some point. Uh, there's still time. 
There is still time. There is still time. The fan community is out there and they are active. (laughs) If they do Star Trek fan films, they can do one for this. If there's one thing we've learned in the six seasons of doing this show, it's that the overlap in the Venn diagram of Twilight fans and Home Improvement fans is vast. If there's one thing that we've learned also, it's that audiences in the year of our Lord 2020 really want to see (laughs) something that crosses over the 1990s hit Home Improvement and the (laughs) early 2000s hit Twilight. It's true. Truman, Landon. do you hear that coming in the distance? I, 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 yes, I do, actually. You know what? I'm going to go with it. Yes, I do. And it sounds great. <laughs> okay, here are my guesses. All right. For this episode. Now, I have four of them. Okay. None of them are correct. I Now, Landon, <laughs> that's, A, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I think some I, of them are are still better than what was that was laid out there by the writers. I want you. Okay, I I'll give you an extra option and even give you clues because I want to remind listeners that we are engaging. This is one part of three of our Chalupa challenge, in which if we guess this correctly, we will buy our patrons Chalupas. Yes. So. A normal Give show us your titles for normal people. Yeah, totally, totally normal thing to do on a totally normal show. You don't get this anywhere else. That's why people tune in to grunt work. Truman. That's that's exactly why most most of our fans don't even know what home improvement is. They just fucking love chalupas. They just they love chalupa blue balls. Yeah, it's a weird kink. Most of our fans are. I regret to inform you from Germany. Uh, okay. Oh, say deny us the the chalupas. Uh, <laughs> Oh God! I'm Give become... us your, your smattering of titles. I'm sorry. That I just have to say that is totally a th- that is totally a bit that Tim Taylor would do on the show, like <laughs> like doing a crude impression of Germans. Assimilation and, is almost complete, and 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 painting with a broad brush all Germans as perverts. <laughs> uh, okay, option number one. Yes. Routine maintenance. Oh, dude, that's a good one. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I think it's good too. I wrote that a while ago, and I've been looking at it throughout the day and thinking, like, damn, that's really. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of ties in with home improvement. Okay, it does. Next option, which I think is equally good, the okay. the old man and the teen, as in apostrophe T I N E, as in routine. Oh, okay. It sounds. I could, I could see that. Yeah. It, it also sounds like the old man and the teen, like teenager, and that immediately yeah. takes on a very different connotation that I don't <laughs> yes. like as much. Yes, it does. That's why you have nope. to explain the spelling very quickly after you say it. <laughs> Okay, uh, next one. Okay, third one. I, I dream of geriatrics. <laughs> All right. And, and okay. my fourth and the best, sweet dreams are made of geezers. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, none of those are correct. Too beautiful for this world, I say. <laughs> but to to give our listeners one real shot at some chalupas, I'm going to give you some clues here. <laughs> The Germans are, are are on the edge of their, uh, you know, inflatable <laughs> pleasure balls right now. Okay, give me the clues. Okay, this is not what you would expect a home improvement title to be. In fact, it might be uh, what you would expect a title of a mystery science theater uh, episode to be. Because it actually, it, because it is in the style of <laughs> a mystery science theater movie or because <laughs> it is the same name as one? Is this called Gorgo? Uh, that's not my official guess. <laughs> it, is, it is not Gorgo. I'm sorry. Um, 
Do you want more clues or should we call it there? <sighs> Let's I mean, give me one more clue and then we'll call it. One more clue. Okay. Picture uh a a dystopian uh uh well, um, I'm 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 playing by taboo rules here. <laughs> Picture a dystopia, mm-hmm. and uh, if you were to be transported from now to then, the the feeling you might have upon arriving in that uh, depiction of this timeline. Uh oh shit! I'm old. <laughs> you got it. It's oh shit! I'm old. Uh, okay. Well, no. Look, let's just let's rip the chalupas out of our right. fans' mouths in the way that a certain subset of our fandom secretly loves. Um, <laughs> well, what I, I, I don't. Uh, yeah. So my guess is, oh shit, we're old. It is future shock. Fu- I'll, I'll repeat that. Future shock. Yeah, yeah. Hearing it again doesn't make me. I mean, I don't know. I guess it works, but just routine maintenance. Look, I mean, it's better. I, I, listen, I will give that to you. That is better. Sweet, Future Shock sweet dreams is a movie I want to see from the 1980s, directed by Stuart, Stuart Gordon. <laughs> no, directed by Scooter Libby from uh, from uh, <laughs> Nixon's uh, Nixon's Burglar. <laughs> That's a future I definitely don't want to see. Future Shock. I'm going to have a huge mustache and go on Fox News. <laughs> future Shock. Security guards find you breaking into hotel rooms. Oh, this Happens episode aired. Too. <laughs> this episode aired September twenty fourth, nineteen ninety six. Directed directed by Peter Boners. Uh, the <laughs> second of twenty nine episodes. Yes. It's, so okay, so I didn't mishear it. Uh, but we don't have nope. to point arrows at it. Or, or yeah, okay, that's fine. <laughs> now it's written by Elliot Schoenman and Marley Sims, who we know. Peter Boners has directed one episode previous to this. I uh, had the same was, reaction to it then. <laughs> Eye on Tim. Uh, we talked about it oh, at the end of last season. It was, ki- and that was kind of a horny it was, episode. It was a very horny episode. Yeah, it was. Uh, now, here's a funny thing. Uh, as a, a quick side note, as I want to do, uh, I came across Peter Boners recently because <laughs> <laughs> down a dark alley, or <laughs> I was uh, on my last days of a Hulu subscription and thought, oh, I just want something fluffy to put on. <laughs> you, you wanted a fluffer for your Peter Boners, yes. I wanted something fluffy to put on in the middle of the day, and I thought, I <laughs> I just wanted some afternoon delight. I decide to put on uh, the Newhart show. Of course, and Bob com- Newhart. That was, that was what you were completely leading to with all those innuendos. <laughs> the thing I forgot was that he was on the Bob Newhart show. Oh. As a character. He played the dentist. Uh that had, you know, an office right next to Bob Newhart on that show for many, many years. Uh, and I just it completely, you know, escaped my mind that this guy was also an actor. God, that he that he both that with, you know, he, he doesn't take a name like that as a reason to be embarrassed or keep his head down. He becomes a multi-talented <laughs> director and actor in spite yes. of in spite of childish mockery from the likes of me. <laughs> He was on 139 episodes of the Bob Newhart show. Jesus. And I got to be honest, he was pretty funny. And and then he just decided I'm going to direct some episodes of sitcoms after this. He just j- well, changed I, I think most I think most uh sitcom actors end up directing. I know that, you know, most everybody on this show outside of the kids 
uh, takes a, a turn at the helm at some point. Oh, well. Uh, at least Tim Allen and Patricia Richardson do. Yeah, but I mean, it just, it seems weird that somebody from another show would come in and direct. I don't, I don't know. I guess it's not out of well, the ordinary. Well, no, he, he, after becoming a, a director of the Newhart show, he then became a prolific sitcom director. Wow. Uh, he ha- was nominated for an Emmy for Murphy Brown. Wow. So, yeah, he he's... Uh, a renaissance man of the sitcom world. Uh, well, uh, well, you know, God, God bless him. This master of uh, master of his his craft. I so I mean, do you <laughs> would you say a master of his domain? I well, you know, I I <laughs> I kind of feel like I have to at this point because we're blending we're blending '90s sitcoms <laughs> and the fact that his name is, as we've said, boners. Um. Well, but Landon. <laughs> yeah. Well, how how did you feel about this episode, though? How did you feel about it? What were your personal reflections on what, what we watched the, today? My personal <laughs> reflections are pretty brief, uh, which is, what an odd little episode. What a strange thing we saw. <laughs> um, I, but I, I will say this. I dream... Of Genie. D- d- dream, <laughs> I dream of Genie. I did watch that show a lot when I was a kid. Um, dreams in movies and television, like depictions of dreams, are something that... I am immediately drawn to. I love them so much. You are a David Lynch and fan. That makes sense. I am a huge David Lynch fan. I'm a Louis, uh, Louis Buñuel fan. I, just across the board, um, I think dream sequences are always interesting. I'm going to blame it on Joe Dante for traumatizing me with the dream sequence in the burbs when I was too young. Satan is good. Satan is our <laughs> pal. <laughs> um, so that said, whenever there's a dream sequence, it doesn't quite play with the dream logic i'm always a little disappointed Mm -hmm. so i wanted something more like wilson with a boot on his head yeah just never quite came to fruition that's gonna be the new the new like you know save the cat screenplay shorthand like the you know the pope in the pool is how you do exposition quickly and the wilson with a boot on his head is is when one of your characters turns into gandalf Oh, but that that's really all I have, you know, for this episode. I'll get into the details once we go into the deep dive. But how did you feel about this episode? I, you know, I a strange little episode is such a way to refer to it because it really is like, I they the, really their idea was just, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we put everybody in old old person makeup? Like, I feel like they were they were halfway <laughs> through coming up with another episode and they decided, hey, what if there's a quick dream sequence where Jill imagines herself as an old person and then someone else grabs it and is like, yeah, that's great, and then we can have Tim as an old person and Wilson as an old person and Al as an old person. And they're like, no, 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 we just needed it for what? We're telling a story about the relationship. No, 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 all of them in old age makeup, <laughs> which, all of them. Which drug was introduced to the writer's room? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, what? what is the old person drug except Metamucil? Maybe I just say that because I'm the Metamucil <laughs> man. But they, everybody watched Cocoon and just got super, like, uh, super vibed up on that. Wait, is that the one where the where the old people become young again? Uh, they don't know. That's that's an episode out of the Twilight Zone and the Twilight Zone movie. But the the cocoon is where aliens take over the old people's bodies. Yeah. and give them kind of youthful uh, qualities. Yes. Yeah, but yeah. They, they are still they're still old people skin suits. Well, old people old, <laughs> old people skin suits sounds like a sounds like a ska band from the nineties. But that's a whole <laughs> other point. Um, yeah, I I think that it was so you know. I don't even not particularly funny. I feel like also it was just the issue, the main thrust of this episode, the notion of like men have men have intractable routines that feels like kind of a tenuous way to get to, hey, what would everybody look like when they're old? I mean, <laughs> like, I think there's a million other ways that you could have like, like, 
other stories that could have prompted them to have dreams about old age than like, oh man, <laughs> Tim won't shower 20 minutes later. Like I, <laughs> I, I totally agree with you. You know, maybe they had started a, a script where they were mourning someone or something. And, uh, you know, that just became too dark of material to go into this whimsy of a, a concept with yeah, I, that they are like, oh, let's go, let's go in the other direction. I guess I I don't know, and so and also I don't know that like are routines even really that gendered of a thing? Like I feel like it's sort of like people have routines. Well, that's just your male privilege speaking. I, okay, you're right. You know, maybe it is. I just assume. <laughs> I that, think we yeah. need to ask your girlfriend. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, that's that's true. That's true. Maybe she's the flexible one. Yes. Yes, uh, she she very, well actually she was she was watching this episode with me and she didn't well she certainly didn't like the episode and she certainly didn't like Tim's behavior in it but then again <laughs> I didn't like the episode or Tim's behavior either so I guess I can't really I don't think that's a man woman divide on that one okay all right um okay but other than that I would just say that um uh you know in every one of his can we t- can I talk briefly about Brad or do we want to save that for the main thing let's save that for the because okay. there's stuff to talk about there. okay i would then the only other thing i'd say is that jill is the one who suffers from tim's uh being stuck in a routine she has only one dream scene of a bad future tim on the other yep. hand gets like a million dream scenes and that yep. just seems yeah I, I don't know i'm not love i'm not loving that but we're gonna even talk in about dreams it yeah uh i'm not even gonna finish the sentence just even in dreams even in dot, dreams dot dot read between the dots <laughs> even in dreams dot wav uh which is this (laughs) file that we save our dreams in uh yeah so shall we uh shall we inception our way into this dream of an episode let's let's do that um all right uh let's lay our heads down and close our eyes and drift off to dreamland that takes us to tool time I guess oh, you got to wake up, wake oh, up in oh, dreamland. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I'm sorry. I just didn't know if you were going somewhere with that. Yes. We're doing our, our that's why time. I have a co-host <laughs> to help pick I, up the pieces. I, you, you had me, you had me so like wrapped up in it. I was like, I was listening to Ira Glass. Uh, okay. We're at tool time, but the first segment on tool time today is about stuff that's stuck. And Al immediately says, you know, going off of Tim saying stuff that's stuck. And we don't mean Tim gluing his head to a table, which is an immediate, very deep cut to the, the very first season <laughs> yes uh and a, a cut that i uh didn't think was deep enough and i loved it i loved it and also okay well first if al or jill was here they would make some joke about how tim has gotten a lot of deep cuts on the show but then also <laughs> um i respect that out of all of the crazy shit tim has done him gluing his head to a table which is a fairly normal thing i guess just compared to some of the other shit he's done like they don't talk about him strapping a, <laughs> right. a jet to a to a motorcycle or not a motorcycle a lawnmower. a lawnmower yes or dropping a steel beam on a car or breaking a antique piece of japanese art or or turning like one inch tall and then growing back up and then <laughs> it was, stepping it was on four inches oh, oh yeah four inches tall I, for, I forgot i you know like many men i'm unclear on the difference there um <laughs> <laughs> but so uh, they're talking about stuff, you know. Yeah, what, stuff that's what, what do they mean by stuff that's stuck? Okay, give me an example. Well, let's say you've got a screw that you've been screwing into some wood, and the head of the screw yeah. is all mangled. Oh, yeah. Into wood. Oh okay. man, we, we're just we, we. You know, sometimes the home improvement episode is too horny. Sometimes we're too horny, <laughs> and uh, you know, and no one can. Really and sometimes tell. I can't tell where one begins <laughs> and the other ends. <laughs> that uh, you know, that's that's very uh, that's very erotic language, honestly. Uh, so, <laughs> but you know, if you got the mangled head of a screw that's stuck in a board there's a way that you can use a saw 
saw to like cut a new hole into it so you can uh, unscrew it. Um, Tim, it's very technical. Tim threw out that. Well, I wasn't paying attention. I was trying to take notes on what Tim was doing because Tim is using a crazy German accent, not yeah. kind of like the one I was using a little bit earlier to malign all Germans as perverts who get off on chalupa uh, denial porn. I, I want a point of order. I do think it's French and not uh, not German. Oh, okay. Well, that that you know, I've got such a good ear for these things, as our listeners know, <laughs> having been subject to my impressions in the past. But he's saying like stuff like, "Oh, how will I finish building the bridge?" or like. Like, oh, now we can finish the bridge. I, I don't know. I, I, I can't even tell if that was German or French, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, wh- whether his was or whether mine was. No, yours, just oh, now. Well, I couldn't tell whether his was, so maybe I'm doing actually a very accurate impression. But it's, it, I don't know what where the accent is coming from, why he's doing yeah. it, or what specifically he's lampooning, other than a European person who has been flummoxed. Likes to fix bridges. Yeah, yeah, by removing things from them. But the, the joke of this is that... Uh, Every time he says, you got a problem, dun, 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 Klaus plays a music cue. Yes. Yes. And so, and every time he like looks at the camera too with a kind of Austin Powers-ish intensity. But so yeah. they eventually go over to Al's childhood tricycle, which in fact was his grandfather's tricycle that was handed I think down it was to... just his father's, yeah. not that it matters, but but it... Uh, but he says he hopes to hand it down to his kid and the audience awes. And, and you know what, and... That that really shows growth for Al, that after having worked with Tim for six years now, he still brings valued things into the studio for object lessons yeah, d- on the show. <laughs> Didn't he learn about those teacups during Bye Bye Birdie? <laughs> oh, man, yeah. I mean, honestly, his trike gets pretty good treatment compared to getting smashed with a backhoe coming through a wall. <laughs> because uh, they have to loosen some rusted-on bolts, and Tim sprays mm-hmm. some oil onto the, the trike, and then... Oh it boy! It doesn't work. No, it doesn't because then he brings out the blowtorch to heat up. He says a little bit of he- a little bit of heat sometimes helps. Yep, and uh, well, that oil was flammable, and then the trike <laughs> just catches fire, and uh, and out. Uh, we 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 get it when once that happens, we get a big smoke. I don't know if you noticed the the clever little cut they did, but. Uh, all of this, uh, when he brings the fire extinguisher out, all of the steam and smoke or whatever you call that foamy stuff comes out, and we actually get a uh, um, a hidden cut, you know, Alfred Hitchcock rope style, that- where we don't actually see the cut because it's within all the smoke. And once the smoke dissipates, then we see a, a newly placed tricycle on there that is blackened and melted i you know and i think that 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 hidden cut when the when the smoke's obscuring the screen that is a testament to the brilliance of peter boners and um (laughs) honestly when you see a really technical shot like that in a sitcom that directed that's why people yell out that's a boner i mean (laughs) do do we start a drinking game right now that every time one of us laughs at peter boner's name yeah take a drink someone has to someone has to take a drink but it's it's kind of it's kind of like our version of the marty count like it's it's just (laughs) for this episode only it's it's how many times do we laugh at the director's name yes uh not only this episode i say we do it through all 29 episodes that he directs it just happens to also be this episode oh shit we've got a lot of boners ahead of us Yes. Moving on. Uh, so <laughs> Take a drink. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Al says, oh, you've destroyed my tricycle. And Tim says, oh, but the bolt came free. It's no longer a problem. Bam, bam, Boom. Extinguish. Put the theme song. So I got to say, and this is nothing new, but the... 
the difference in ages between the boys and the opening credits. <laughs> I think this is not only not new. I think it's every episode we mentioned. It's it just now. it's gotten effing pronounced. Like the kids who who are who we see immediately after the opening credits end could all it's, it's like almost, join the U.S. Marines at this point. It looks like it, it. It's almost as if they knew that during this episode because they cut from the last shot of the theme song is the the family gathering together as a unit. And we see all three of the little baby face kids. Yeah. Cut to hallway, Brad, <laughs> shirtless. <laughs> Wrapped in a towel. Uh, just like, a, yeah, uh, complete 180 from the kid you see in the theme song to full-grown man. And, and look, this is, this is the thing, is that if you listen carefully, like at the time that this was originally broadcast and we see Brad shirtless wrapped in a towel, you could hear probably an entire generation of young girls having their first sexual stirrings and awakenings, and maybe some gay guys <laughs> and, too. And, and, and as we've been reminded, yes, men as well. Yes, men as well, certainly. The, like ch- young, young children with a burgeoning interest in the male form, this was a milepost <laughs> on, on the road to sexual uh, maturity. <laughs> now, I, I wasn't clearly, uh, you know, uh, engaged with that um, particularly during this time. Um, but do you think that they were more excited about Brad or the 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 kind of tease of Randy coming out of the bathroom? You know, I I think that I the way I, I don't I, I already I just want point of order. I already don't feel good talking about. I, this. I don't feel good talking about this either. And so I'll be very quick. And I will say that okay, I great. think it would be I think that it would be Brad. In, in this moment, because of the actual just amount of on-screen, what have you. And um, I, I don't know. But and I, scene. And scene. <laughs> and we're done. Uh, the boys are arguing about uh, being able to use the shower. Yes. Uh, Brad bangs on the door. Randy opens it, hair dripping wet, uh, saying, hey, I'm not done with my shower yet. And Brad's like, I got to fucking take a shower, dude. I stink. Full, uh, Mark full, comes- full profanity. Just really... <laughs> Mark comes over and he's like, I got to take a shower. And Brad's like, no, I got to take a shower. You pipsqueak. I stink. Yes. And uh, even though he's in his arm and everyone's like, God damn it, dude, you stink. Even though he showered last night, Brad has super BO. Like that is one of Brad's most (laughs) enduring characteristics. He's the smelliest of children. There's like to the point that there's an earlier episode where Jill smells a baby sock that belonged to Brad. And and she's like, (laughs) oh, this is Brad's like even as a baby, he stank. (laughs) uh i guess he inherited that from tim yes most likely Um, jill intervenes and uh you know says okay brad you take now i I, granted i'm not a parent i'm not her she's flustered with so many things in her life but i feel like she unfairly deems randy's uh shower to be over even though i don't believe he was done tells mark to go in even though brad was there first (laughs) (laughs) and uh then gets a whiff of Brad and says, okay, you go first, and Mark, you wait your turn. Yeah, you know, well, I don't think it's about, I don't think parenting is about fairness, really. I think it's about just maintaining uh, maintaining order, whichever way she can. <laughs> order or permanent smells in the hallway. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, like, as long as Brad lives in the house, and Tim, for that matter, there's going to be permanent smells. <laughs> but she takes it uh, over to the bedroom where Tim is doing sit-ups. Yeah. Uh, do you want to comment on that joke? He's uh, he's doing the old Ron Burgundy where he uh, starts counting ridiculously high numbers when Jill comes in. And uh, <laughs> much like as happens in Anchorman, Jill is not fooled by it at all. Uh, uh, they start talking about mundane activities around the house. This was before they really got into it. 
there was just a moment here where I'm like, oh, wow, we're just kind of like caught up in the flow, the the hubbub of their life at this moment. A day, a day in felt, the life. It, it felt kind of good just to be like, oh, there's not a concept. There's not a conflict outside of just like things happening. And I'm like, <laughs> I finally get a sense for the Taylor life. It's like a very Robert Altman-esque uh, yeah. episode of Home Improvement where we're just following them around. Everyone's quietly talking and overlapping dialogue. Nothing really <laughs> happens, but but the sheer the sheer uh, accumulation of minutia <laughs> makes a story. But the, yeah, I don't know. But it did. It gave it character. It, it like it endeared me to what was happening a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but of course, all of that endearment is immediately steamrolled by Tim uh, <laughs> objecting when Jill tries to take a shower because she has to get to class in a hurry, and Tim insists, "No, I have. This is my routine. I have. You know, I wake up and I eat and I go to the bathroom and I work out and I go to the bathroom again. Whatever. He can't." He cannot change his schedule, even though Jill has to get to class yeah. in a hurry, and he refuses to let her shower first. She's, she says, well, can't you just take a shower uh, after me, Take a, go eat, and then come back and take a shower? And he's like, no, I can't do that, because if I do that, then that means I'm going to have to push back lunch back half an hour. And if I push back lunch half an hour, that means I'm going to get home late. I'm going to eat late, which means I'm going to be sat, sat up bloated all night. If I am up, up bloated all night, I'm not going to be able to wake up for work tomorrow. That means Al's going to have to host. That means we're going to lose our ratings. That means that tool time's going to go off the air. We're going to go destitute, and then we can't do anything. So don't you just want me to take a shower right now? Yeah, and Jill, some, uh, like Jill has been worn down at this point, and she she just lets him like this is it's a war of attrition, really. Tim just blathers until he can get her to uh, to back down and let him, uh, you know, make her life a living hell. We get uh, steam coming out of the bathroom in a squeegee transition to um, the restaurant where Dolores works. And my goodness, um, I wanted more of this. Yeah. Jill being fr- like Jill having friends, Jill having a social life. Jill and Dolores on the same team, <laughs> Avengers Assemble. And Avengers indeed, because they introduce a third friend, a favorite of the show. I'm surprised they brought her back as the same character. I want to know the story of how this this trio came together. Marge from the ER yes. is now the third musketeer to Dolores, Jill, uh, and that friendship. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I, I mean, like, tell I, me that story. There's that. That would be an amazing episode of the show where Tim is in the emergency room. <laughs> Jill is there. She and Marge strike up a friendship. Like, I, and that's clearly what it is. They met because of how often Tim gets injured. But I want to actually see that story. Maybe don't go <laughs> ice fishing and show us that instead. <laughs> Maybe they've just developed a long uh, friendship over the phone of Marge calling Jill to inform Tim that Tim's in the ER. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The the bond that exists. <laughs> between the accident-prone person's emergency contact and the person doing the contacting is is uh, very strong. Now, for, I guess, our um, uh, 2020, you know, uh, social justice crusaders should probably mention, this doesn't exactly pass the Bechdel test, but uh, at least it's a glimpse into Jill's life outside the home. Yeah, yes, there, there's still three women only talking about men, but at, you know what, hey, we it's not dudes sitting around a hardware store scratching their nuts. I love to think, though, <laughs> that, that this diner is directly across the street from Harry's Hardware, and, like oh, the, I'm sure and so the men in the the women are both like just sharks and jets like snapping and squaring off from across the street <laughs> they bring in robert wise as a guest director one time yes i would love to see a split screen episode <laughs> what of of like them at them at the uh them at the uh hardware store and them at the restaurant 
yeah, going exactly. off at each other. Bet, you remember like season one during that poker game episode where all the guys are playing poker and the girls are watching Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy oh, movies? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I would like to see that. See the banter go head to head and uh, see who's wins. Yeah. Probably not the guys at the store. They Honestly, the way the show would probably do it would be the guys at the store saying like, yeah, the girls are all probably talking about doing their makeup and shit. And then the women are all talking about how much they hate the guys. That's me <laughs> or writing the episode. philosophy. Yes, or, ph- yeah, that would I, that would be better. They're talking to, Jill is just like talking about what she's learned in psychology class. <laughs> so but what are they really talking about here? What they're really talking about is how their husbands have super inflexible routines and it only gets mm-hmm. worse with age. And uh, Jill says, uh, so Marge sits down and orders from uh, orders from Dolores the uh, like a beef dip. And Jill says, I've got to find a way to make Tim more flexible. And Dolores goes, you've got as much chance of that as Marge digested. And then she turns into the kitchen and yells, beef dip. (laughs) She's so good. Oh, God. Yeah. Why isn't there just a spinoff called Dolores's Place? I would watch it. I would fund it. I would. I, who gives a shit about Soul Man? Let's watch Dolores's Place. Dolores's Place is funded by a grant from the Landon Solano Foundation for Dolores from Home Improvement. <laughs> Filmed before a live studio audience of one. Uh, you know, that would be. Uh, yeah, I could see you being a Howard Hughes type figure who just does uh, a sitcom with your a spinoff of Home Improvement for only you to watch alone. Um, Especially right now, there's a lot of hand washing and uh, being alone and isolated. So. Just, just hopefully no peeing in jars. Uh, <laughs> I cannot make any promises. So, uh, so the. <laughs> So also, uh, Char- uh, not Charlotte, for what am I even saying? Dolores complains, I guess a dollar in the jar or 77 cents since women don't make as much money as men still. Oh, wow. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm saying we should do something about it as a society. And I will I, I think that here by- on Groundwork, we need to make a a, a, a chance. We, we need to take the stance. So you need to put a dollar 15 in the jar. Oh, okay. You know what? You're right, Landon. I, well, this is an odd amount of change I have to deal with now. Fully work, fully work. Um... <laughs> But so, but Dolores says every evening after the sports report or every Saturday after the sports report, he wakes me up and asks me the same question. You want to do it? And I'm just thinking, we've heard Harry talk about since getting a vasectomy, how he and his wife have sex all the time. And it's interesting to hear from the other side of the coin, how much she really hates it. <laughs> Cause she does say, I just wish once he would take a week off. Yeah. Um, and Marge isn't any better. She says that her husband comes home and says, where's the food? And then she gives him the food and he goes, God, where's some better food? <laughs> and then afterward, he goes, uh, why'd you let me eat too much food? Which I think it was a perfect impression. Yeah, I know. I thought I think it was really good. I'm going to hang up my impressioning, uh, my impressioning <laughs> pants forever. The special Thank pants you. I wear to help me control my diaphragm to do my great impressions. Uh, but yeah, so they've all got they've all just got shitty husbands who treat them like yeah. crap. And but in in this case, they're expressing their raw primal anger about this through the uh, lens of <laughs> these men having routines. We're really I. Th- but I think the problem here isn't men having routines. I think the problem is the these men are dicks. <laughs> and we haven't even met March's husband. Yeah, no, I, I, I but I imagine that, like her husband had better be like a fucking astronaut. If he expects his wife to come home from a day of being a nurse and make <laughs> him dinner and then complain about that dinner. I mean, you better be Kofi Annan at the at the U.N. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, and. They they start saying uh, Jill says oh man you guys sound like you have it worse off than me surely 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 Preston don't call me Dolores. Shirley 
says, no, Jill, uh, you actually have it worse because you're in a position right now where his routines can derail your dreams. Yeah, yeah. You're trying to start a new career, and Tim is stopping it. And then immediately, some random old lady in the restaurant who is there <laughs> with her husband turns around and says, oh, yeah, yeah, the older you get, you're going to spend every minute of your day like trying to trying to keep him happy. And then the man immediately just barks, where's my lunch? Where's my water? Where's my pill? Do <laughs> you know what that music means? It's character actor corner. Come right this way, sir. Oh wow, we're uh, still at the carnival. Okay, well I've got a foot long hot dog in one hand, and uh, I guess, gosh, what else would I have? Maybe yeah, I guess a giant teddy bear. <laughs> the parade is leaving without you, sir. Okay, Please okay, come this way. I dropped my I dropped my honey mustard that I was dipping the the hot dog in, but it's fine. Okay, so what do we got? What's in character actor we're corner going, this week? We're first of a two twofer. Uh, we have a twofer character actor corner twice in this episode. We're going to do both of these people right away. Uh, the actress is named B.B. Osterwald. She plays the woman in the booth yes. with 96 credits starting in 1948 and Ooh. going to 2001. Okay. Before Home Improvement, she started out in episodes of uh, TV shows that were like, uh, you know, Players Playhouses, you know, all these uh, one-act yeah. um, shows for, for television, you know, uh, plays back in the day. Yeah, uh, theater that, that was filmed. Translated. Yep, yeah. She had three episodes of The Naked City. Uh, she was in the Roy Ward Baker film starring Peter Sellers called The World of Harry Orient. She did episodes of All in the Family, Charlie's Angels, The Love Boat, Three's Company, Tales from the Crypt. Ooh. She was in Caddyshack 2 after Home Improvement. Okay. She was in the Steven Seagal film Glimmer Man, As Good As It Gets. And she has also had a robust career in voice acting, doing Captain Planet, Rugrats, and many others. I'm going to say... I have some clues for you. Okay. She has more TV credits than movie credits. This is feeling good. She has appeared on numerous NBC TV shows, such as Mad About You. Okay. Yeah. Now, Chalupa Challenge is already off the table, but our metagame, was she... On the TV show ER. I'm going to say yes, she was, based on the sheer amount of work that she was doing and the fact that lots of old people wind up in hospitals, so there's a greater chance. <laughs> I'm so, I'm sorry, this is just truth, land, and I'm sorry to drop truth bombs on you on our comedy podcast, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, she was on ER. She was not on ER. Son of a bitch, the truth bombs failed. The truth bomb blew up in my face. Ah, <laughs> uh, that sucks. Uh, but her husband, yes, played by Sidney Chenkin, has 11 credits. Before Home Improvement, he was in the movie The Running Man. Mm. In Defending Your Life, the Albert Brooks movie. I love that movie, by the way. I've not seen it, but um, I want to. It looks really good. It was a movie of my, that I saw in my like uh, pre-adolescence and just kind of cemented my fascination with the afterlife even though i don't believe in it i like the concept of it and everything that comes with it we don't need to get into that the, does your i'm not gonna get into it version of the afterlife in, include like like isn't there like go-karts or electric scooters that they're riding everybody <laughs> around in because that's death i'm down for that the, if that's the they're afterlife. just they're not go-karts they're just like slow electric trolleys that go from one compound to the next oh man robust public transit that's my version of heaven okay continue 
<laughs> he was also in the TV shows Falcon Crest, Knott's Landing, Facts of Life, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Sisters, and Sister, Sister. I got the two confused. I, as soon as I saw Sisters, I'm like, oh, he was on Sister, Sister. That wasn't the the show, but then I looked at the next credit, and it said Sister, Sister. Ooh. I got really confused for a second. Was he also in Sister Act and Sister Act 2 back in the <laughs> habit? <laughs> he was not. Some clues. Uh, he was not on NYPD Blue, but was he on ER? Uh, he was not on ER. You are correct. Oh, thank you God. Are well, that was one for two. Well, when you know what that, I mean, when you've got eleven credits and there's not a whole lot of TV work there, I mean, it's <laughs> it's easier to find. Um, but very true. Yes. So anyway, these these two character actors give Jill this haunting view of what Tim's uh, uh, routines will grow into over time. Her trapped as his caretaker, unable to have or you know see her dreams through to fruition. It's true, and uh, I don't know how you grew up, but honestly, that there's something a little too true about that. Um, from seeing the the kind of uh, old people relationships in my life, that's a little too close to home. Yeah, you know, uh, there's yeah. I mean, I think that it rings very true in society that a lot of relationships just wind up with uh, one person pretty much doing all the emotional labor and regular labor for the other one. And in pretty much every case, certainly in our society, it tends to be the woman doing all of the work and the man just coasting off of it while she accommodates him. So I'm not crazy <laughs> about that. And I think maybe that's part of why I'm not crazy about this episode because it kind of just makes it out like. The, on the one hand, the episode it's inevitable. The, yeah, the episode correctly elevates this as like, "Hey, this sucks, and we shouldn't be happy with it." But then again, it it presents the problem and then uses it as a platform for Tim to clown around and be like, "Fuck yeah, I've got a routine. It's awesome. Yeah, this is gonna suck for you, but it's gonna be great for me. That's awesome." And then the episode ends with him going like, "Oh yeah, maybe not a great idea." I'll do something about Spoiler it. Spoiler alert. Well, let's get there. Let's go into the details because the next scene the is the bedroom where they are uh, – they're already asleep. Yes. And uh, Jill – snuggles her face to the pillow uh, and we get a cartoon dream bubble it's it's pop up. it's as though jill like paid her check at the restaurant and just flung herself through a window and landed in bed at night <laughs> like a transition in the movie hudson hawks during bruce willis but yes or a transition on home improvement that goes from one scene to the next and sometimes shows us the taylor bedroom as we saw last week yeah true it, it's it's th this transition didn't happen but it's almost as though Jill stays sitting there. The all of the furniture in the uh, in the cafe disappears, and then she like gets flattened out, and covers fly over her, and then she's in bed. It's it, don't the Walmart commercials right now are doing that. Uh, I, they are the worst commercials. I hate them so much. Well, okay. Well, and I would still rather one of those commercials over a Kroger brand supermarket commercial where they have those bubble-headed cartoon characters dancing to get low uh, <laughs> while getting deals on things at Ralph's. Nothing makes me feel older than hearing the song from, from Prom uh, as like a goofy, like supermarket jingle now song from prom wow i nothing okay. makes you feel older than hearing what songs were being played at my prom um <laughs> it's true i got really really probably the drunkest i've ever been at a wedding to that song i was well we don't need I, i'm not gonna get into but, it let's put it that way but look did, were you just at least did you get low i caught the garter I, uh wow put it put it around my head okay okay <laughs> uh this was a Christian wedding. Um, I was 
dancing on my knees, sliding all over the place. Oh. Uh, thrusting on the ground. It was bad. Wow. I'm surprised. I'm surprised they didn't throw me out. <laughs> Is that? And then that ta- that town afterwards, they banned dancing until a bunch of teenagers <laughs> made an impassioned case at a town meeting. It's true. Yes. <laughs> um. So Jill goes, the point is, though, Jill is in bed and she's already asleep and cartoon dream bubble comes up and we see Jill's dream and uh, uh, Patricia Richardson in very heavy Benjamin Button old age makeup (laughs) is shuffling into the kitchen where there's a huge stack of papers going, I can't believe I've been in college for 35 years. I only have one more sentence before I'm done with my dissertation. This stack of papers. Um set up for me and and then followed through on a classic Bumstead report moment from the Hudsucker Proxy, a big stack of <laughs> valuable papers that is vulnerable to atmospheric conditions. Hint, and hint. I was, I gotta be honest, uh, there was something going on, I don't know if you noticed, outside, but during the course of this entire scene, before the payoff even happens, the, the swing on the gazebo was just like flying back and forth. I'm like, <laughs> What the fuck is going on out there? It was distracting me from the scene because I was just paying attention to what was going on outside in the backyard. You you know what was going on in the backyard, Landon? What? It was a boner because, again, that's Peter Boner like saying, well, look, we've got to set up. I'm not going to laugh. I'm not going to laugh. Yeah, no. <laughs> Take a drink, I, everyone. I feel like you already did. But people, he... people listen to this show while driving cross country while at work. Let's just say don't drink at work. Yeah, yeah. Don't. Or it, drive. Yeah. Yeah, don't drive ever, really. Just ride around in your big defending our life, uh, or your life, slow motion trolley. But I'm just saying, Peter Boner really wanted, Boners really wanted it to be uh, clear to the audience that it was windy outside, because otherwise they wouldn't buy into the complex but very uh, detailed and meticulous reality of this dream sequence. (laughs) Okay, so then in, in which let's, Jill let's... has been in college for thirty five years, they wouldn't buy the bit if they if they didn't set up wind in advance. Let's dig into this. Tim comes in, decrepit, uh, you know, arched back, uh, looking like he needs a cane but doesn't have one. Suspenders high, uh, you know, button up shirt, unbuttoned, unkempt, yeah, uh, beard. Why is he Jewish? I I don't know. Like maybe maybe Tim converted like late in late in life. Like maybe maybe he had some revelation on the set of Tool Time that made him realize you know the beauty of a he's, tradition of service and he's like doing an impression of Billy Crystal's character from the Princess Bride. I mean, it's so not uh, a future of Tim at all. Maybe maybe Jill remarries someone named Tim that is Jewish. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's the, it just has a passing resemblance. Yeah, she, you know, after Tim died on the set of Tool Time, she was like at a funeral in Brooklyn and she met some guy and then it, uh, you know, took him back. And that's a whole, that's, that honestly could be the sitcom Soul Man, the, the spinoff is just her and this new dude. <laughs> I would watch that. But uh, I would also watch Jill's version of uh, living with Tim's ghost <laughs> in Soul Man. Yes, also also that. There's probably some pottery involved. Or more likely, she's working <laughs> on the hot rod finally, and then he's in behind her. She finally has room to bring out her pottery. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. She finally drags it up from the basement where there's all the bugs. 
Um, <laughs> but so she, you know, very old Tim is sound like, ah, oh, you know, I, I take, you got to take me to the bathroom. You got to take me to the doctor. You got to feed me lunch. Why don't you save some time by feeding me lunch in the bathroom? And, Where is the bathroom? Yeah. Yeah. And Jill is going like, oh, Tim, you've got to just let me work. The president. This is an all star episode for uh, Truman and Landon doing half assed impressions. Oh, the president of the university is going to be here to pick me up for my dissertation. <laughs> Why is Jill a pipsqueak nerd? I, I, well, I said because she's Benjamin buttoning. So now she's like a teenager <laughs> and her voice is cracking. Keep up with all the right. complex reality of this dream sequence that Peter Boner's created Sorry. for us. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of that, we do get a, a first kind of surreal moment where as they bicker as old people, uh, the boys come downstairs still arguing about the shower, but they are all still the same age. And still wearing the same things, or in the case of Brad, not wearing the same things, e.g. a uh, shirt excuse or pants. Me, he, he does have a little bit more on. This time he has soap suds in his hair. Oh, boy. And, and you know, girls at home are like, oh, my God, it came on again. The, fe- the feeling wasn't just a one-off. This awakening, boys or girls, you know, girls boys whoever is feeling these things <laughs> just cover your base <laughs> i just want to know that who, who who if anyone felt anything because of this when they were a child that's great that's good you know it's just a wholesome thing that that abc did to america i am not touching that any further let's move on uh tim uh suddenly starts bickering he's like oh god dang it i'm hot aren't you hot why am i so hot uh yeah my my jewish sounds southern so <laughs> I, I i'm not, not going to touch that uh <laughs> But he opens uh, he opens the back door. Uh, cue the the foreshadowing of the wind that we were talking about. Yep. Uh, can you imagine what happens to this stack of papers? Uh, well, about about eight of them blow off the top of the stack of papers and <laughs> fall onto the ground. So, I mean, yes, it technically a classic Hudsucker Proxy uh, uh, Bumstead report <laughs> moment. Except in the Hudsucker Proxy, the entire stack blows off and is going all around Sidney J. Musburger's office. And here, it's just a couple on the floor. It's not nearly as disastrous as the actual Bumstead report. Now, because it's a dream, I'm willing to you know uh, sidestep the the lack of reality in that this is totally destroying of her academic career. Uh, the president is knocking on the door, apparently wanting to see the thing. And she's looking for page one. It's in your, it's your, it, it's in your place. It didn't go anywhere. It's still there. Yeah. It's still completed. Yeah. Nothing. He, he, Tim, Tim dabs his mouth. Uh, he's eating a bowl of prunes and just dabs the corner of his mouth with page eight. And like, doesn't, destroy it by any means like if the president (laughs) of the university is willing to drive over to your house to personally pick up the dissertation from his extremely old student surely he's not gonna like he's he's gonna go to that length to like be convenient and accommodate (laughs) her but then he's gonna be like oh prune juice a few pages on the floor i have to wait another two minutes for it goodbye Who do you think was uh, who? Who do you think played the president? Um, I, you know, I think that that the layman's answer would be the dean from Animal House, but I'm going to say <laughs> the judge from Caddyshack, John Vernon. Oh God, I don't remember who the judge was in that. Uh, the judge was that that wasn't Ted Knight. No. Uh, well, we're waiting. <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, Jill wakes up from this dream. She's visibly upset and uh, smacks Tim with her pillow a few times. That was uh, until he wakes up. Let me tell you, that was cathartic. I really like I like that. Seeing that happen on screen was kind of like in in Avengers Infinity War when the portals open and Black Panther comes back. Like that's (laughs) it was just like finally justice. Um, Yes. uh, I. 
have to admit, I probably would do that. I, I'm someone who wakes up very affected emotionally from their dreams a lot. Uh, I will wake up angry. I will wake up laughing. I will wake up uh, kind of in a romantic mood at times, depending on what the dream is. I take that into my waking reality at times. Uh, yeah, see, I just I just wake up scared um, probably <laughs> two or three times a week, and my poor girlfriend has just gotten used to explaining to me that, no, whatever horrible thing I think is happening is not happening. So I... there's a side note, since we're talking about dreams, there's a movie that just came out this year called Save Yourselves. Yeah. Uh, about uh, these two hipsters who go on vacation and turn off, they go off the grid and turn off all their phones and stuff. Yeah. So they don't know that an alien invasion has happened. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and uh, the guy in that suffers from the same thing that you do. <laughs> of just waking up and, with night terrors? Yeah, but he wakes up screaming at stuff that's not in the room. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's played for laughs, and it made me think of you when I saw it. The other day. I, that's uh, my at long last. My story has been told. I, this is representation <laughs> in media matters. Like now, knowing that I'm represented in that way, I feel like I can do anything. I can go away to a cabin and miss m- important world events. <laughs> Uh, but Jill hits uh, Tim with uh, her pillow, yes. and we get a feather transition. <laughs> I don't think that um, they have feather down pillows at the at the Taylor place. There's too many disasters there to invest that much in your pillows. <laughs> Way too many pillow fights happening in this house. Uh, I, I disagree. I think that there are too many outdoor uh, incidents that happen that have sucked in too many geese to whatever <laughs> monstrosity Tim has created. And so they just have a, an influx of down feathers oh, ready to go. When, when life give you, gives you feathers, uh, make uh, pillows out of them, which is the exact advice that Wilson <laughs> gave to Jill when she complained to him about it. So she got out the sewing machine. <laughs> exactly. Um, we get a, tr- a feather transition back to the bedroom where Tim uh, or Jill tells Tim about the dream that she just had. Uh, says that, you know, I think this is really affecting me. Dreams are a window to our subconscious. Tim's upset, you know, that he's been woken up from this. He's like, well, close the window and go back to bed, dick. But then she hits him again, <laughs> doesn't dick, she? But it was, it was kind of a clever joke. I get, I mean, look, a clever, a clever joke, yes, but I'm still, I, look, I'm also mad at Tim for what he did in the dream because honestly, I get <laughs> that it was a dream, but in reality, in the, like, that that is all shit that like flavors of shit that Tim does anyway. So I, it's completely realistic to be mad at him for that because he would do that. He starts to you know complain about her keeping him up and that uh, if he doesn't get up, he's not going to be able to do his morning exercise and he won't be able to be fit and virile uh, when he's old and and you know uh, elderly. And she goes, "Well, you're not fit and virile now." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is a good comeback. And and he's saying, you know, you're yeah, you're going to be so jealous, you know, or like you're you're going to be so glad when we're old, you know, all your friends are going to be widows and I'm still going to be alive and kicking at 75. And I'm just thinking like, no, based on everything, Jill would be thrilled <laughs> if Tim died and she got to be a widow who just has her own life at last. Also, 75, I don't maybe maybe the barometer has just changed, but that does not seem elderly to me anymore. <laughs> Given that the president of the United States is 78 year well, I mean the current one is 74 and the next one is 78 and yeah, like it, it 75 does not seem extremely old anymore. <laughs> no. No, it does not. Um anyway, they start to wind down and uh Tim starts to have a dream. Yes. <laughs> The f- that was the the sound of the the cartoon dream bubbles popping. 
Um, yeah, so now it's Tim dreaming, and it's old, frail Jill coming in. That was, those are that was flashback waves you were doing, by the way. Uh, well, uh, we, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away is when this happened. No, that's a title scroll. Oh, uh, well, okay. <laughs> I would love it if if just one episode just went to instead of doing a dream sequence like they would just like do a title scroll. Jill came home from school and was very old and couldn't take off her backpack. Um, <laughs> That, oh my God, I'm going to read verbatim what I have in my notes here. Uh, read it to me. I want to hear it. Jill comes home from school and can't take off her backpack. <laughs> you read my notes verbatim, which was yeah. shocking to me. Yeah. No, I, I uh, well, you know, because you wrote them in the font that like scrolls through the sky above my apartment and, and <laughs> recedes into the distance. Um, But... Yeah, so she comes in, she can't get her backpack off, and a super buff and virile Tim Taylor comes downstairs. He's wearing a, he's like, he's got frosted gray hair and like a little bit of like, you know, extra makeup on his face to make him look a little bit older. Yeah. And then he's wearing- a pompadour, like a little, like, he looks like the America's greatest hero, essentially. It, like, if you, and he's got a Western Michigan sweatshirt on, and if you remember on Arrested Development when, um, when Michael Sarah <laughs> wears the, like, muscle man- <laughs> shirt from the from the live creation of uh creation of adam uh painting that he does before he gets in the pool yes exactly yes before it shrinks up but he uh he's wearing the so it's like tim has got like one of those on underneath so he looks all all big and muscly and he (laughs) does gymnastics down the stairs and and vaults over that to the house to take her to or to help her get her backpack off and which was unexpected and kind of a, a fun bit. Yeah, I mean, just, the, you know, yeah, it was that Tim is still being nice in, or in many regards, Tim is being more nice and helpful here than he is to Jill in the present. Well, yeah, I guess you want to go down that dichotomy. I just like the, the sight gag of him doing a backflip as an old person. Well, yeah. Uh, well, there's, and kind of doing a callback to that episode where he was uh, <laughs> uh, breakdancing uh, when he slipped on the floor. True, and, you know, put some money in a stuntman's uh, pocket. You always got to appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, so he asks her how school was. Turns out she never got there because by the time she got dressed and put on her backpack, school was already over. Yep. And, uh, then... Tim is basically just dreaming that Jill is a broken down old hag. Uh, yeah. And this is where the problem of the episode for me comes in because he's kind of fantasizing about this dichotomy of him being a superhero and her being a decrepit skeleton, basically. Yes. Uh, and she says stuff like, I don't know how you stayed with me all these years. And his response is, I'm just that kind of guy. Yeah. And it's like, but you're not that kind of guy. Like that you think of yourself this way just as. Yeah. So what's the, what's the fantasy here? I, I like, it's weird to me. Yeah. Like I think as Tim's, I think Tim's fantasy is just that he was right. And that a man having a routine is what makes, makes him, like strong and healthy and virile in old age. And he doesn't have any particular problem with the fact that he now has to take care of his wife at every turn because at least he was right about this thing. No matter how pathetic you look or no matter how fabulous I look, I'll never leave you. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that that all the, uh, all of the, you know, she, her saying like, I'm sure those younger sexual women would be thrilled to have you. And I'd be thrilled to have them. Like, just like, come on, dude. Like, (laughs) Even in even in Tim's wildest dreams, he is still an asshole. Even though he's not openly being unfaithful to his wife, he is rubbing in her face how not unfaithful he is. Even though yeah, he wants to be. Yeah, that's the part be. that's frustrating. Now, honey, this you is disgust me, where... but I'm I'm <laughs> simply going to deny myself pleasure because of what an uggo I married. Aren't you lucky to have me? Uh, uh, 
this is the part where I feel like the writers just kind of went, oh, you know what would be funny? If we went from this into tool time and we get to see Al old. Yeah, exactly. Because there, there's there's no reason for this transition to seeing tool time. Uh, no, no. We could have we could have had more kind of like emotional growth in them dealing with their issues spurned by these two or like spurred on by these two dream sequences. But this is very much where someone just said, no, we've 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 hit gold. Let's keep mining for it. It's people in old age makeup. <laughs> but instead of mo- going down the tunnel that actually has gold, they take a wrong turn and end up on a, uh, a path that just gives them charcoal. Uh, iron pyrite fools gold. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, so they th- then we're at tool time where there's old Tim and old Al. And uh, they come out. Yep. I mean, is it any surprise that Richard Karn is amazing? He's probably the best at playing old of the entire cast. He could play like an old prospector in exactly the makeup that he's wearing. You could just <laughs> drop him into the middle of the movie Silverado and he'd, he'd blend right in. <laughs> I think it, it does. It has to speak volumes to his theater experience that he's able to play, you know, any age, depending on the makeup. The man is a chameleon, an age based <laughs> chameleon. <laughs> But um, and uh, and except and he can also blend in with any plaid background. That's so in in many regards he is a chameleon. Um, but yeah, so so there's a joke about something that broke the you know the straw that broke the camel's back. Tim immediately goes, "That's you know I think your mother's what broke the camel's back." And Al quite reasonably yells at him for making fun of his mother who's been dead for 25 years. But which is really just kind of this. Not forget this is Tim's dream. This is coming from his own mind. <laughs> him telling himself, maybe I should stop making fun of Al's mom. Like we we have we've transitioned into this dream by Tim lying down, smiling with his eyes closed, and a, and a thought bubble into his emotions. <laughs> and this is a world in which he like belittles his wife for being old and makes fun of his best friend's dead mom. <laughs> So he's living his best life, you're saying. Yes, in exactly. Real life. Exactly. It's yeah, it's it's just he's just wish casting. Like a, a beautiful future <laughs> awaits of behaving the exact same way I behave now. Well, Al finally quits, and that was cathartic to me. Yes. Uh as he walks out, Heidi comes in. She's old too, not quite as old because she's younger than everyone. Yeah. Um and I loved that they like gave her a bit of comedy to do here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that she like, can I have Al's parking space? No. And uh, oh, is that what she says? I thought she said, "Can I have Al's lines?" Oh, Al's lines. Oh, maybe that was it. Actually, yeah, I might know. My... Like, can she she take Al's place on the show? Maybe I was wrong. I don't know. Or maybe look, maybe I've gotten so old that I can't be trusted to remember things anymore. So it's it's really a toss up. <laughs> um, he says no, and she quits too. Uh, and then he goes, "Well, we don't want things to change here on Tool Time. That's why the audience has stayed with us." And then we cut to the audience, and the audience is old. It's just. Two old guys. Yep, yep. And uh, Tim's like, well, if you don't like the show, why are you here? He's like, we haven't liked the show in 20 years. Uh, it's just part of our routine. It's a veritable Statler and Waldorf of, of home improvement. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we are going to go into Character Actor Corner 2 for Part 2. A Character Actor Retirement Home this week. <laughs> uh, old audience member number one is played by Jack Murdoch who has 53 credits to his name. Son of Rupert Bef- Murdoch. <laughs> Didn't need to act. He was plenty rich. Uh, before Home Improvement, he was on Mannix, Kojak, Operation Petticoat. He was also on an episode of Charlie's Angels, uh, Matlock, Roseanne, one of the best 
uh, Next Generation episodes ever called Time's Arrow. Really? Uh, he starred in movies such as Any Which Way You Can. Clint Eastwood. <laughs> the sequel to Any Which Way But Loose. Because the, uh, the story of the trucker and his monkey could not be told in a single film. They could not contain that saga to merely 90 minutes. <laughs> Altered States, hmm. uh, a movie I love. Yeah. Cutter's Way, Blue Thunder, which we mentioned last week, uh, the John Badham movie. Uh, Psycho 3, the one that Anthony Perkins directed. Um, I have to point out the horror movies. That's of course that's my yeah, thing. No, have you noticed? Yeah, yeah. In six six seasons of doing this, you, yeah, you see, you uh, you signed a, a sponsorship <laughs> deal. Blushing. You you spo- signed a sponsorship deal with the concept of horror movies several years ago, <laughs> and now you're contractually obligated to point them out. He was in Big Top Pee Wee, Rain Man. That was a horror movie. Big Top Pee Wee. I Here, mean, uh, Big Top Pee Wee wasn't. Uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure was. Okay, well, that had large Marge in it, yes. But the thing is, I was scared the whole time watching Big Top Pee Wee that large Marge would come back, and that is the true <laughs> horror is what is unknown. Here's some clues for you. He was on an episode of Cheers, mm. season nine, episode 16, where Rebecca admits that she never loved Robin and is calling off the wedding with him. Oh, yeah. Those Robin Colcord episodes really all ran together. Did not like that storyline at all. <laughs> so, uh, just uh, smashing on cheers it's a new season this is what we do now uh he was not on nypd blue was he on er no he was not on er you are right yes. jack murdoch never appeared on er nypd blue is the that's that's just the so often that is the indicator for me um old audience member number two yes. don perry has 82 credits before home improvement he was on freddy's nightmares <laughs> not slanding seinfeld that was jason by the way oh i'm sorry i'm get your shit oh right. man the, the 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 you as someone who is uh being sponsored by the concept of horror movies now you have to like sue me i think for that <laughs> i do i'm I misrepresenting do. your brand uh, at least call you out and humiliate you. Uh, I have no shame, on... so good luck with that. <laughs> a season two episode of Seinfeld called The Baby Shower. He was in Ricochet, where you get to see Denzel Washington's peen. Uh, <laughs> You're Tales trying to from... shame me. Come on. <laughs> Tales from the Crypt. The Wonder Years. Saved by the Bell. The New Class. Mm. Uh, after Home Improvement, he appeared on The Drew Carey Show, Caroline in the City, Everybody Loves Raymond, Allie McBeal, News Radio, mm. Titus, Ooh. Malcolm in the Middle, Monk, Scrubs, Will and Grace. Wow, this guy had a pretty here's long some, life. Here's some clues. He was in an episode of Cheers, The Cape Cad, Season 5, Episode 2, where Sam and Diane, uh, they're... There, he proposed to her, and now she's recanting. Yeah, yeah, and, she, uh, yeah, she, you, yeah. They, he proposes on the boat, and she says no. Yeah, it triggers this whole season long thing of Sam yes. fantasizing about hurting Diane, which I personally don't love, but still some strong uh, verbal interplay there. Yeah, um, clue, clue number two: he was not on NYPD Blue. Was he on ER? I'm gonna say yes, he was. You are correct. Yes. He was on. Two episodes of ER in 1996, immediately following this episode of Home Improvement. I, you know, I just feel like with how long his career extended and how, like, how ER got bigger in the later 90s, it seemed likely, even though NYPD Blue wasn't there. This is the part of the podcast where I explain the strategy I employ in the ER game as though I'm like a chess <laughs> grandmaster talking about what my opening move was. <laughs> and it's all just... Hogwash. This is the strategy that went into the binary choice I make a couple times a week <laughs> to try and win some imaginary chalupas. Okay. 
Let's go back to Tim's dream already in progress. Yes. We so go from at this point, tool- we have the joke yeah. on Tool Time, and I'm like, okay. Like as soon as we go to Tool Time, I'm like, like when the first scene with him and Jill ended, I'm like, okay, well that's enough of Tim's dream. Oh, oh, they're oh, okay. Uh, it's Tim at Tool Time. We get more. Yeah, and it's like, okay, Al quits. All right, well let's see. Oh, and Heidi. Oh, okay, okay. All right, well this is over, and so now we're gonna go back to the. Oh, he's at home now, huh? Okay, still old. <laughs> Uh, and now he's talking to Wilson, who, uh, listen, I'm not ageist. I don't want to. I don't want to predict people. But I'd, let me ask you this, Truman: What do you think the age difference is between Tim Taylor and Wilson uh, on the show? Got to be at least twenty years. You think it's so? got to be at least a generation? I would say minimum fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, that's not not too far off of mine. Like, it's a big gap. Like, Wilson clearly has been like an adult for significantly longer than Tim has. And to to the credit of this dream sequence, which, you know, I guess <laughs> any kind of logic doesn't necessarily apply, you know, Wilson is kind of decrepit and, and uh, you know, bending over, you know, I'm thinking, what's the, oh God, I'm thinking of, what's a cartoon where there's a really old naked guy with a beard covering his entire body? Oh. Uh, what am I thinking of? I don't know what kind of cartoons you're watching, dude. <laughs> what kind of, maybe, maybe ask our German friends who are into crunch wrap denial. I, thinking it's from Aladdin, but I could be wrong on that. Somebody correct me on Discord. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's kind of what Wilson looks like here, sans nakedness. Uh, but yeah, he has get, a, a long Gandalfian beard. And uh, and that's that's the joke covering his face this episode. Which, again, like kind of like before when they had his face painted and just like, yeah, we'll show you his whole face because it's painted. Like, that, like <laughs> it doesn't work. Like with him with the beard, I guess it's yeah. effective, but because I can still see like his face isn't obscured. So it feels like you're violating the gag, even though it's a beard. Yeah. That said, have you ever seen somebody who you've known your entire life to have facial hair and then suddenly seen them without facial hair? I don't really have any of those in my life, short of like when Richard Karn came out with no beard on on the show. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's a perfect example. That is the paradigm. Okay, I suppose so. I, I suppose. Where it's just like, Ugh! but it, it just feels unnatural. That just, re- that for a sight gag requires a lot of mental processing that offense, <laughs> like the fence Fair. does the heavy lifting for that bit without you having to think about it. <laughs> it <laughs> okay okay but uh anyway tim is going to ask some advice of wilson and wilson's like i don't have any more advice i've hit the bottom of the barrel my spoon oh, is too big also <laughs> how about this one uh more fun than a barrel of monkeys monkey see monkey do <laughs> i'm sorry i i i am in no position to to laugh at anyone's impressions uh but yeah he he's just throwing out random stuff and and tim is Tim says, oh, well, that doesn't really help me, and I need your help because getting advice from you is part of my routine. And and Wilson goes, your routine has sucked me dry. My anus is bleeding. <laughs> and and then, then he goes, oh, how about this one? How about uh, there was an old woman who lived in a shoe? And then we cut back to Wilson, and his head is turned into a shoe. And, like, that's what I, that's what I tuned in for. Yeah. I want more of that. I want Tim to go through a... a, a life-changing nightmare yes exactly that like you you want it to be you know take this dream to take a dark turn you want him to wake up as a cockroach (laughs) i want yes i do i want him to like go through his version of uh 
what was episode one's Halloween episode where Jill wakes up as a monster on the couch? Oh, and, you know, like, yeah, flying. But saucers. have that be a dream? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. In, in a God of Navita is playing, and uh... yeah, aliens start chasing him and trying to suck out the back of his head. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, and also, I mean, I think that this just seems like such a weird choice and out of left field that there's just suddenly yeah. a a boot headed. Wilson for no reason like other than that he says the nursery rhyme at the same time as it happens I think that that amount of just sudden out of left field weirdness can only be a boner I think that uh, Peter Boner's like made made an artistic directoral choice to put that in it's never not gonna make me laugh because even though I'm not even laughing at his name anymore it's the convoluted ways in which you're trying to attribute his name as a term okay well, uh, well that's a that's why you watch this episode on a friday night so you can get a little little buzzy have a good time b i don't think it's out of left like i'm i'm calling it out when there is a moment that required like that was clearly oh the director probably had a great deal of influence on making sure that the swing is blowing back and forth or like making sure that wilson has a boot coming out of his head it's a technical shot it's a thing a director would do Oh, he goes back inside. Tim goes back inside. And I thought that this kind of surrealism was going to continue because he walks in and hears Jill crying for help. Uh, and I thought maybe she's four inches tall and stuck in the bread box. Uh, uh, also, uh, also, I thought when he went inside, OK, well, well now we're done with the dream sequence. We probably got to get back to the episode. <laughs> no, no, they have not made the point clearly enough, folks. It needs to be hammered in. Uh, I guess we forgot to cover that earlier Tim is talking about his routines and exercise and how he's so strong that he just can lift the coffee table with one hand and starts doing, you know, table push-ups. Yeah. Um, And that in this moment, Jill has tried to do what Tim suggested, but got caught underneath the coffee table and is being crushed by it. Yes. And he pulls the table off her and she says, I hope my death won't interfere with your routine. She turns into Julia Child at the end. (laughs) And then dies. This is the first main character on Home Improvement who has died on screen. Wow. Wow. Randy Randy kind of flirted with it for a second, but it was Jill who (laughs) who snagged it in the end. Uh, Tim wakes up and tells Jill that she died squashed under the coffee table. Um, I thought that was just kind of a funny, you know, like he, he always mixes up Wilson's advice to just kind of you know suddenly tell your significant other a scrambled version of your dream uh seems funny to me Hi, yeah you were dead heidi and al left the show and wilson turned into mother goose which all of them all, yeah all all sound like just very scattered dream logic and and on par with tim understanding the things he'd seen like tim yes. tim doesn't wake up well i guess he does wake up with this revelation but he doesn't wake up saying i need to get out of my routines <laughs> no uh but he does say he wants to be more flexible uh he says, you know, I was terrific looking, but I was all alone. Uh, and Jill asks, well, what did I look like? And and Tim Tim goes like, I I uh, didn't uh, didn't really get a good look, which I thought was was funny and tactful until he said, remember that old woman in the Waltons? <laughs> which I, I think was an ad lib by Tim, because uh, it seems like Jill gives a genuine laugh there. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's that's a, that's an ad lib that for once isn't just relegated to the last few seconds of the show. <laughs> uh, we fade to black and on the new scene uh, they're both asleep and we go into a joint dream bloop, 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 bloop. Uh, more like because it's an inception concept the fact that they're sharing a dream together <laughs> Jill is incepting Tim into letting her put her pottery wheel in the garage again 
<laughs> we start the entire series back from the beginning. Oh, no. Um, no, no, no. But through Jill's perspective. Yes. Uh, well, okay, that I can hear. Yeah, this is this is Jill finally waking up from the, the dream that she uh, has when she goes to sleep in uh, the episode where she's <laughs> trying to get her speech for the library fundraiser written. There you go. It's his and her uh, sitcom shows. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the new that's the new style. His and hers sinks in the bathroom and his and hers sitcoms. Uh so Jill comes out of the bathroom, you know, Tim is buffled Tim. In the dream, yes, in, the in the joint dream. dream. Yes. And she comes They're both old. They're both old. Now, mind you, this is the this isn't the decrepit old Tim that Jill dreamed of. This is the handsome young Tim that Tim or the handsome yeah. old Tim that Tim dreamed of. And then Jill meanwhile is still kind of like an old lady. She's not like a a sexy Mary Steenburgen-esque older lady. She's <laughs> Just, uh, uh, you know. You know why? Why? Jill doesn't have any vanity. True. True. Her mind is still powerful, and she's still very flexible based on the gymnastics she does to get into the bed. So, And that's what really matters <laughs> she, to her. She knows that intelligence is what makes her sexy. True. True. She's a sapiosexual, if you will. A thing that I'm not sure actually exists, <laughs> despite what people say on OkCupid. Uh, or were saying on OkCupid <laughs> three years ago, I should say. Um, so... Then, yeah, she cartwheels into bed, and Tim says, so, teeth in or out tonight? Again, I think it was another line that was ad-libbed. Yeah, yeah, that seemed, that seemed, it seemed like they were just like, yeah, we'll have someone cartwheel into the bed and then just say something funny, guys. We're not gonna, <laughs> we're not gonna write a line to end this episode on. Because uh, that is the line that takes us out. And we go into some outtakes, uh, where Tim basically laughs at his own antics with the, the music cues on Tool Time at the beginning of this episode. Tim laughing at his own antics. What is he, the host of a podcast about the TV series Home Improvement? Uh... <laughs> And then, and then I don't know which one of us you were making fun of. I, I, I think I was. I think I was mainly targeting myself. Uh, and I think we were having a joint dream on that. Oh, okay, okay. I was trying to incept you into uh, taking responsibility <laughs> for laughing at my own jokes. Uh, so then, uh, then we get one shot of Heidi, old Heidi, going out and going. Does anybody care what time it is? No. Um. Maybe she was just. I've, maybe she was just yelling out the name of her favorite song by the band Chicago. And that's that's. <laughs> you know, maybe she didn't want an answer, guys. Women can ask rhetorical <laughs> questions too. You know. Oh my god. Um. I I like that they they gave her that little bit. I wish it was actually in the episode. I I just I just wish that she'd still been pregnant when they shot this, so she could have had the the fun of being <laughs> in old lady makeup while also being pregnant. She was. Oh, she was pregnant? I didn't, I guess I didn't they, notice. They tricked you so hard. Oh, oh my God. That, he pulled a boner on yeah, you. Yeah, he did. The Landon, you made fun of me before, but you're finally getting it. That's the beauty of his direction. I wasn't even aware of it. <laughs> She's just carrying a box in front of her, a grocery bag the entire time, just like Elaine that oh. one year of Seinfeld. <laughs> okay, sir. We have one more thing we have to cover on this episode, which is <gasps> the grunt count. And Landon... Why don't you guess what that count is before I just blurt out to you what it is? So I was brutally honest last week in that I didn't guess any of them. Uh, and I, I, you know, I'm just going to continue that trend of brutal honesty here. Um, I didn't hear any, but I am so um, insecure with my choice from last week that I'm just randomly guessing three this week. Oh, Landon, you got to trust yourself, buddy, because it was zero this week. But I trusted myself last week and asked you, zero you, and got seven. Last week, last week, Landon was a dumbass. Don't trust him. You can't trust him. He's a crackhead. <laughs> he stole my car battery, dude. The, you are the Landon I can trust, the one in the present now. 
Um, oh no. So the the thing is, I got to the end of the episode, and then I looked at my notes where there was the section for grunt count, and I had that experience I have sometimes where it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm doing that thing for the show, but like. When I hear a grunt, or even when I see Tim starting to grunt, it immediately like yeah. muscle memory. I know I tense up, but I just I know I, I remember from when we used to watch this on the couch together. Yeah, I would I would really kind of lose my shit because I'm like you know like having a PTSD flashback. I'm just hearing grunts and I'm you know I'm, I'm hitting the ground. I've got my gun. <laughs> do you out. Hit, do you hear grunts in your dreams? Uh, yes, I do. That's why I wake up screaming. I, I wake up screaming and grunting. <laughs> I think that was seven, but the last one he was starting to say something, so it doesn't count. Oh man, Truman, we did really bad with the Tulipa challenge this week. Yeah, no, I mean we uh, you 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 hit one out of four with our ER game. I hit zero with our grunt count. Uh, we didn't guess the title uh, because because of this because of how badly we did. Chalupas are now illegal in nineteen states. <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> to oh to God. all of our listeners in New Mexico, Delaware, and Vermont, uh, I guess drive across state lines. <laughs> Well, uh, before we end this episode, I just want to take a second to do some grunt work uh, house cleaning. Um, we have opened, we did, I think, uh, we what's it called, a silent opening? Um, uh, soft opening? <laughs> a soft opening of our Discord, and uh, we've had some some chatter on there. Yeah, I did um, some cheers jokes. Landon jo- joined in. <laughs> That's what everybody comes to our Home Improvement Podcast Discord for, obviously. <laughs> Uh, but we've had a few people chime in and it's, uh, it's been fun, but we are, I'm going to be better about getting the invite out there. Um, I haven't put it on the website yet, but it will be by the time you hear this episode. Uh, and it will be in our newsletter moving forward. And I'm going to put it out on Twitter everywhere. We want everybody, uh, you don't have to be a patron to join our discord. Um, because I think in the next week or two here, we're going to announce our first, um, live recording. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean you can participate, but you can watch us for, you know, whatever reason you would have to want to watch us record an episode and, and, on Discord. And some of you have asked, and no, we will not be about to eat a chalupa and then dramatically sexually <laughs> pull it away from our mouths at the last time. That Not doing that is going to cut our viewership by a lot, I think. Just isn't there's there's got to be a term for that of just like almost eating, but then yeah. taking it yeah, away. Yeah, chalupa like, denial. I've said it, dude. <laughs> It's tantric chalupas. <laughs> is there a whole section for that on porno? I, I mean, don't act like you haven't you haven't been there, Landon. Come on, <laughs> uh, is it even called Pornhub? I don't know. Is there a tube that, that is that... red? <laughs> what are these? You call them brazzers? I'm, I'm not familiar with the term. I'm so busy with prayer, I can't keep up on all the latest terminology. <laughs> oh my god so if you want to join discord and uh see us do this shit live um we will be announcing our uh our recording dates and times we'll set up a little event uh there for you guys to set your calendars to so uh join us on discord yeah and uh with that let's let's end this episode sir yeah let's absolutely end this episode um typically you kick that off so i don't know what you're bringing me into this for i'm just getting confirmation before i do so yeah we have both we both turned our keys we can launch the missile of ending the podcast (laughs) and here it goes grunt work is made possible by people like you if you enjoyed today's episode and want to help us create this show consider becoming an official grunt head sponsor on our patreon that's right. For as little as $1 per month, you can get access to our exclusive bonus content like our weekly Grunt Work Nights episodes and access to watch us record episodes live over Discord, that thing we were just telling you about and doing goofers on. 
<laughs> Side note, uh, you can reword that to make it uh, fit your your talking scheme as much as you want to. Germans. No, I am not capable of that, Landon. I will only read it verbatim and then clown on it after the fact. <laughs> uh, then I'm going to rewrite it for you and add more of the word episodes into it for you. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and donors, uh, first-time donors can receive a Mystery Science Theater home improvement-style Gruntwork art print. So be sure to te- check out our Patreon over at Gruntwork. Nope, patreon.com slash GruntworkPod. There you Maybe go. Maybe you should write it out, Landon. Maybe that would help. <laughs> Maybe I uh, did and can't read. Uh. Uh, leave us a rating or review over at op- Apple Pad. Pab- Pab- <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, for all the Truman. changes we make. Some things call call nine one one. Landon's fallen and he can't get up. Let's let's inception that one uh, back to the beginning. You, 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 you fell into limbo, unstructured dream space. <laughs> All these inception jokes that the kids remember. Leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts because it's the fastest, easiest way to support us, and it really goes a long way to help others find the show. Uh, That's just a stock thing I've said a long time, but uh, I I really want to push people giving us uh, ratings this year. Um, It does – it's – how do you how else can you phrase that i i mean if, if you've ever enjoyed our podcast and thought wow i wish i could show my appreciation in some tangible way if you can't yeah. physically hand us a piece of gold honestly though the next <laughs> best thing is to just like write us or it doesn't cost anything leave us a rating and a review just, because it just like it, it shows that uh we're not just two dudes who talk to each other we have other people who listen here. to it and they vouch for it and put their name to it Let's do it right now. You could just swipe up on your phone, click on our name on the podcast app you're currently listening to this on. Well, listen, let's give them let's give them a good what? Do you think it takes 15 seconds to give us a, a rating? Well, it depends on how good you are with predictive text. I would invariably put a lot of periods in random places. There's no, there's, there's no I, I'm not saying you have to review us. I'm just saying give us a rating. Oh, just give us a rating? Yeah, that would take 15 seconds yeah. tops. Yeah. Okay, so let's, let's just give them 15 seconds right now. It doesn't have to be dead silence. Oh, oh, we, oh, we can. Okay, well then we can talk <laughs> through it. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, yeah. So bonus. Or you know, you're the editor. You can put in like the Jeopardy theme here. I could do that, and then we could get sued. And and it would be a, a tribute to Alex Trebek, and they won't sue for a tribute. Yeah, exactly. Poor- that, that's a legal thing, right? I, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and also you can't <laughs> be sued if you if you're married to the judge. So you know, worst case scenario, we just figure out who the judge is and and uh, bust out of marriage. Uh. Stop by to say hi to us on Twitter or Instagram at GruntWorkPod. Or you can join us on our new Discord, which you can find the link to on our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. That's where you can see other information about today's show and sign up for our weekly newsletter to be notified. Notified. <laughs> to <Ooh>. be notified. <laughs> what kind of dreams are you having? Uh, <laughs> I'm better that than, than, it's, it's, than meaning, a, is that like slang for neutered? Like, I, I no, got to take our dog a, down to the vet to get him neutered. <laughs> it's a... It's a <laughs> It's a it's a generator. It's an app for people who are afraid to take nudes of themselves. So they upload a picture of themselves fully clothed, and then it nudifies it for them. I'm I'm uh, pretty I'm pretty sure that technology actually exists and is being used for much more nefarious purposes than what you what you <laughs> described. If only I could if I could create fake nudes of myself to in, irreparably damage my reputation and be weaponized against me. Oh, if only this technology existed. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, newsletter. You could do that if you want to. Um, <laughs> until two weeks from now, when we bring you another episode of Home Improvement, I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps, and remember, 
Since 2008, Life Alert has saved over 500,000 of its elderly customers who have fallen down and can't reach the phone. Give your family the peace of mind they all deserve with Life Alert. The only company to think, help, I've fallen and I can't get up is a good slogan.